Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fantasy Law Guy podcast. I'm Nick Garisco at Fantasy Law Guy. Today's episode, betting the NFL draft. Hakeem dropped the ball! Hakeem dropped the ball! He did what? Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs. Who the hell is Mel Kiper? They are who we thought they were. We let him off the hook. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. What the hell's going on out here? Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Can't wait. You like that? You like that? Just keep matriculating the ball down the field. I saw, son. I saw. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome everyone to part five of this podcast series about mocking the first round of the NFL draft. Today's episode will center around betting the NFL draft. That's kind of a a sequel to last week's episode, which focused on player props. And the NFL draft is tomorrow. I can't believe that it's already here. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to be doing my annual two to three hour long morning of the draft marathon that I do every year on Facebook Live. This year, I'm going to be doing it on Twitter Live though. Uh, And that's when I'll kind of be going live. I'll be able to answer any questions that you guys and girls have. Uh, I'm going to be discussing key points for predicting every single pick, obviously going over my mock, uh, any breaking news that may change things between now and then. And most of the industry's final mocks are posted uh, late tonight, Wednesday night. So I'll sift through those, of course, and note any surprising or notable developments from like the insiders or some of the best mockers in the world. And of course, again, we can answer any questions uh, live about uh, draft betting. I haven't set a time yet, uh, so I got to figure out what I'm doing with Baby Reese. But please join me tomorrow on Twitter, tomorrow morning at Fantasy Law Guy. I'll probably get started around 9 a.m. Central. And my mock draft is available on FantasyLawGuy.com. It is an evolving document, as y'all know, but it will be finalized tomorrow, of course. And it, I think it's one of the most thorough, comprehensive resources that you can use. And historically, it's been a very accurate predictor of how round one will go. Last year, NFL mock draftdatabase.com graded my mock as the second most accurate mock draft out of over 1,300 expert mock drafts. It was actually the third year in a row that my mock draft ranked in the top 10 among all of the experts mocking the draft. But hitting on picks and matching player to team, that is very important, especially it's a massive component of uh, for mock draft accuracy contests, but not necessarily betting the draft, which is today's focus. And, and arguably more importantly, as it pertains to this episode and draft bets, are the explanations and considerations uh, that I have written on my mock and definitely the short list. That's where I kind of make a mini draft board, like five to seven prospects uh, for each team that I think that they could draft based on all my research. Because you never want to just limit it to one player because things can go haywire in the draft. You just never know. So I like to have readers prepared and just kind of minimize the surprises there. And that really helps with betting. Last year, the short list were extremely accurate. The most accurate they've ever been for me. Out of the 32 picks, I listed the correct drafted player's name on the short list for 28 of those, for 2018. That means if you followed my mock draft closely, there were only four picks 
in the entire first round that were crazy, totally unexpected surprises. One of those was the Saints drafting Peyton Turner, but it is unlikely that I'm going to hit on 13 picks again, not only because it was a personal record for me, but, but last year mocking the draft was just a lot easier to predict than this one. And a lot has to do with the quarterback class. The quarterbacks were really good in last year's class. They were easier to match to QB needy teams. The top 10 was a lot easier. But the point is that this year, because mocking and, and getting the picks correct will be far more difficult, it's all the more important to look at beyond who is mocked where in my mock draft. Like where I have, where I place players in my mock does not always coincide with the best betting decisions. There are a lot of different strategy aspects that go into mocking a draft where you're trying to get correct picks as opposed to, you know, making the best bets. And the example I gave is that if you notice Chris Olave's player prop is at over under pick 17.5, and, and you notice that I have him mocked maybe at pick 16 in my mock, you may come away thinking on the surface, oh, I'm not going to bet that it's too close, too tight. But if you dig into the mock explanations and the shortlist for each team, and you, you'll read and notice that I consider Olave arguably a top prospect for Washington at 11, Houston at 13, Philadelphia at 15, New Orleans at 16. I definitely don't think he's passing New Orleans at 16. And I certainly don't think he's passing Los Angeles Chargers at 17. And even a team like Green Bay might move up ahead of those teams because a player like Olave is really coveted because there's a massive, there's probably going to be a huge drop off after when he's picked at wide receiver. So while I have Olave, they mocked on the lower end of what I would consider his range of outcomes in the draft, my confidence level is actually very high that he will not slide to pick 18. Thus, betting the under of 17.5 is a very, very good bet, even if the juice is there. And, and that's just an example of how my mock draft might tell you a different story on the surface of like where players are picked than what it will tell you if you actually read the short list and the explanations in the mock. But you don't have to do that if you're listening to this podcast today, I guess, you certainly can if you want to make dra- bets during the draft. But today I'm going to talk about bets that I have made. And I have to place a, a disclaimer here. I have never seen the betting lines for the NFL draft so sharp. They're constantly changing. It's really impressive, that the, the improvement that the betting market has made. And I think it's because there's all these access to betting the draft now. I still believe there's an edge, but now it definitely seems like there's a bunch of nerds like me working for these sports books, kind of scouring the internet, coming up with these lines and making sure the sports books win. And it wasn't that way in the past. I used to be considered kind of betting the draft like almost free money. And it's not the case anymore. The lines are the lines are pretty sharp. I still think there's an edge, but I do expect a lot of trades on Thursday, which will throw a wrench into a few bets, I'm sure of it. So just be smart and responsible with your money. None of these are sure things. Don't mortgage your home or bet over your limit. And note that I am only, even I am only putting down relatively small wagers on these things, even though like this, the NFL mocking in the NFL draft is my jam. But I believe in like total transparency. So rather than like advise you to bet certain things or certain amounts, I'm simply going to tell you today exactly what I have bet and what I am betting. And you can kind of make your own decisions based off mine. If you choose, we can ride or die together. So there's a lot to cover today. Let's kick it off with NFL Draft Player Props. Player props, this is where the sportsbook will provide a line, a number that, or a prop 
that you have to bet on whether the player goes under, as in before that pick, or over, as in after that pick or after that prop. And I covered some or all of these in my last episode. And luckily, I feel even better about most of the bets that I've uh, made and mentioned on that episode last week because for most, the odds have actually shifted on in my side's favor. And I did a quick tally when I was updating the lines uh, on Excel. And out of the 13 or 14 bets that uh, I said that I made on my last podcast episode last week, I believe nine or 10 have had the prop itself or the odds shift in favor of my side, which is very big. That's great news. Two remain unchanged and two have gotten a little worse. But overall, really good stuff. Doesn't mean we will win the bets. Doesn't mean we have won the bets. But it means that the betting market now considers the vast majority of the bets that I mentioned on my last episode, the prior prop bets, as uh, as good bets, I guess. But whenever I get to a prop that I mentioned in my last pod, I'll discuss the movement for in case y'all bet those and you want to see how things have shifted. Okay, let's start with the quarterbacks here. And these player props are given from uh, mostly DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. And of course, it's very, very important to shop lines. I, I shop props and shop lines for the best odds on a certain bet before I make almost every single bet, unless it's like a really time-sensitive one that I'm afraid they're going to take down. But Max, it is so important, I can't stress it enough, to shop different books, different sports books, because the lines are volatile. They, they offer different, they move all the time. Certain sports books will give you better odds on the same bet to increase your profit than, they, than others do. But luckily, I've done a lot of that homework for you for a lot of the major uh, players in the betting market. That is, these player props are going to be from DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesars, and Barstool. And I've kind of found uh, the best one and ones that I've tried to bet. I'll talk to you about that. I tried to get FanDuel. I know a lot of you have FanDuel, but they're, the draft bets are just not showing up on my FanDuel. I don't know why. They never have. I've never had a single draft bet show up on FanDuel all draft season. They're still not there as of this morning. It makes no sense. Maybe they are scared of me I'll just I'll just think that they're scared of me they don't they don't want to mess with me so FanDuel just refuses to let me bet the draft very smart decision by them but let's move on to the quarterbacks here uh Kenny Pickett his player prop uh last last time we spoke uh, last week was like 12.5 now it's up to 16.5 on DraftKings I still think and it's, it's minus 125 uh juice on the over uh as in he's going to go after pick 16.5 it is 15.5 on BetMGM, but it's minus 140 there. Uh, I think that's significant though, because obviously pick 16 is New Orleans and he's probably one of the favorites for Kenny Pickett. So if you think New Orleans might take Kenny Pickett with the 16th pick, then maybe bet on DraftKings there if you want to hit the over. But if not, if you don't think New Orleans is going to take Pickett or you don't think they would take him until their pick at uh, 19, then I would try to go for the better odds, which is, you know, it's 16.5 is the prop, but the over is only minus 125 on DraftKings. This is something that I've bet. You know, I haven't I haven't bet the farm on this, of course, but I've put about, I think, I want to say like 20 or $30 on this. I think that Kenny Pickett, on the over, that is, he's going to get drafted after after 16.5. Um 
I think that Kenny Pickett, while I do have him going to the Saints in my mock as of now, it's more of like a fallback situation uh, for the Saints, and we'll get into them, I'm sure, with the player prospect. I think the Saints are really targeting a wide receiver and offensive tackle. If they go quarterback, I think it'll be at 19, and I, I just... I don't know. I don't even know if they like Kenny Pickett. He kind of fits there, but I don't see quarterback as a sense of urgency for them. And I think either one of the receivers or offensive tackles or maybe even a good defensive player like Jordan Davis or Kyle Hamilton will be on the board at 16. So I'm not really worried that they'll take him at 16. But if you don't feel comfortable, again, you can bet the MGM minus 140 at 15.5. So that's a great example of why it's important to shop lines there. Uh, But anyway, I did bet Kenny Pickett over, I actually forgot if it was 15.5 or 16.5. Uh, I, I think I put like 20 or $30 on it. I think that Kenny Pickett, you know, he could go as high as Carolina at six. I don't really buy the narrative there, though. I think that would be very unlikely, even though there are connections to Carolina. But it could be the Saints at maybe 19. Uh, I think that Pickett's probably going to be drafted in the 20s, if in the first round at all. I could actually envision a scenario, and I kind of wish I could find a bet. I didn't find it, but let me know if it's out there, where Kenny Pickett doesn't get drafted in round one at all. I I could actually see him having that kind of quarterback slide. Um, It only takes one team to do it, and it could make me look very stupid if like Carolina picks him at six, but there's just not a lot of quarterback needy teams. There's not a lot of love for these quarterback prospects. And I think if I had to say Carolina, I think Carolina probably prefers Malik Willis. I think the Steelers also prefer Malik Willis, but Carolina, the Steelers will probably be more positioned to take Willis than Carolina will. They'll probably have to take a tackle in the top 10 because it's just too rich for a quarterback like Kenny Pickett at least. But even if the Steelers get Willis stolen from them and they and they they take Pickett, I think they prefer Willis. But even if then the Steelers pick at 20, and this 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 line again is at around 15.5, 16.5. So I like the over here, and I think there's a distinct possibility, uh, albeit short, because one team might trade back or small possibility, one team might trade back in round one to get the fifth year option on Pickett. I think there's a, a small possibility that Pickett's not even drafted in round one. More likely, I think his range is between like 19 to 32. So moving on to Malik Willis, his prop is now 13.5. I'm just not betting this right now because I think the Steelers love Malik Willis. I don't buy the Kenny Pickett smokescreen to the Steelers. I think it's just some last minute damage control. They've shown their hand pretty much throughout the entire draft process like they did with Najee Harris at running back last year when he was like the worst kept secret in the draft that he was going to go to the Steelers and pretty much like 90% of the mocking world had it right. Uh, I think this is probably going to be the case with Willis. I don't know if they're going to need to trade up for Willis, but my gut or my instinct kind of tells me that they will trade up for Willis, even if they don't necessarily need to, just because it's their franchise quarterback, right? Like you can't really take any chances. Now, are they going to trade up over 13.5 or above that? I don't really know. And that's why you just never know who's going to trade with them. And that's why if I had to lean, I would actually, I'd rather bet the under at at 100 than the over at minus uh, 130, because I could see the Steelers like trading with like the Vikings at 12 or the Seahawks at nine or the Falcons at eight or um but I, but I really don't know they might not have to trade at all 
But yeah, because it's unpredictable to see where they trade if they have to, I'm just not betting this uh, this prop. I also think Carolina, if they decide to go quarterback or if they trade down a few spots uh, to take a quarterback and they don't love maybe Charles Cross if he's on the board or whatever the case is, if Carolina takes a quarterback, which they obviously need one, I think they're going to go tackle. But if they do, I actually think they prefer Willis. So that's another scenario where maybe you would want to bet the under, but I, I just have not bet this yet. If I did lean a certain way, I'd lean under. A Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral, their props are 30.5 and 33.5. These are situations where uh, I think the betting market and experts think that a team is probably going to trade back in round one to draft one of these players. If I had to say who is going to go first out of Corral or Ritter, I'm hearing more Corral buzz, but I'm not betting any of these. It's just too, I, I can't link up a team with Ritter or especially, I mean, I could see Ritter going to the Tennessee Titans at 26. Um, I could also see, um, I don't I don't know, none of the teams after Tennessee in the first round need a quarterback, really. I don't buy the narrative that Detroit's going to take a quarterback at 32. I think it's more likely they trade to somebody who maybe will. Maybe the Falcons trade back up into the first round of draft Corral. Maybe the Seahawks do. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really touching these Ritter or Corral bets. Uh, let's move on to wide receivers here. Garrett Wilson is the betting favorite to be the first receiver taken, but we're going to do positional favorites uh, next. But right now we're sticking with player props. 9.5 is the prop. I'm not uh, I'm not betting this just because he could go to Atlanta at eight. Uh, I think Atlanta's choosing between Wilson or Drake London, uh, but he also could go to the Jets at 10. Uh, if I had to bet this, I'd probably say over 9.5 because it really just comes down to the Falcons, whether they prefer Wilson or or maybe someone like Kayvon Thibodeau falls in their lap. Maybe it's Drake London. Maybe it's Jermaine Johnson. So I think the Falcons have options at eight and to me, this really just comes down to Atlanta. I would bet the over, or sorry, I would I would bet the over if I had to bet, but I'm, I have not bet this yet. Uh, Drake London, this was one of the ones that we bet on the, or sorry, that I bet on, that I mentioned that I bet on the last episode. And it was at, uh, the prop was 10.5 and it's remained the case, but it was at minus 125 for the over. And now it's minus 155. So that has moved in our favor, but not too much, just the juice there. But to me, the Drake London thing is similar to the Garrett Wilson situation where you have the Falcons probably taking a wide receiver at eight. Not for sure. They could go Hamilton or Kyle Hamilton. It could be a surprise there, but probably going a wide receiver at eight. It could be Wilson or London if they do. Maybe Jameson Williams, more of a longer shot. But then you have the Jets at 10 that are going to draft a wide receiver. And that's really, this This props at 10.5. So that really, is, it really just comes down to two teams. And I think that's why there's juice on the over there. The Jets aren't even guaranteed to take a wide receiver at 10. If they draft like a tackle, uh, for example, then they might take a pass rusher at 10. So yeah, I still agree with the over bet. I probably wouldn't bet it now, however, because even though we did last episode at minus 125, I probably would not do this bet at minus 155 because... Um, and it is actually minus 125 on Caesars, I see. But I still probably wouldn't do this bet now because I think that the Falcons are more likely to take London than I thought when last week when we previously uh, took this bet. I really think it's like a 50-50 proposition. Uh, and I, I think this line is very well set at 10.5, especially because there's been rumblings that uh, London could go to the, the Washington Commanders at 11. So you're looking at pick 8, pick 10, pick 11 for London. I think that his ceiling is picked 15 to the Eagles. So yeah, I think this line is properly set now. I wouldn't really mess with it. Uh, Jamison Williams, 
Now the the prop is 11.5 in most spots and the over is a more affordable bet or the payout is larger if you bet the over. Uh, again, same situation. I don't really foresee the Falcons drafting Williams as I mentioned. I see the Falcons, if they go receiver, more between London and Wilson as I said. But the Jets reportedly are really high on, on Jamison Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if Williams is actually the top rated receiver on the Jets board. So if the Jets take a receiver at 10, I think I would bet on Jamison Williams being the guy. Now, that doesn't mean they do take a receiver at 10. Like I mentioned, it could be a pass rusher. could be an offensive lineman. So it could be a corner if Stingley falls. So we just don't really know yet. Again, I think this line, this prop is also properly set. I could see Williams going to the Jets at 10. Uh, Long shot at Falcons at 8, but I could see it. I could see him going to the Vikings at 12. Again, the the prop is 11.5, 12.5 at MGM. But uh, the Vikings at 12. The Eagles, again, I would say are Jamison Williams' floor at 15. And I've heard rumblings that teams like the Saints uh, and, and the Vikings uh, are trade-up candidates, actually, maybe for Williams. So I could definitely foresee Williams going in the top 10. Chris Mortensen said that he probably would go in the top 10, but I'm not confident enough to bet it, especially when the juice is on the under for that 11.5, 12.5 line. Um, moving on to Chris Alave, this is one that I mentioned in the intro, and it's also one that I have bet. And this is good news for us. Uh, at the time of the betting of the show last week, uh, I said that this was my most, or the bet that I put the most money on. I think it was uh, only like $50 at the time. I've since re-upped that to like about $100. And and Chris Alave, at the time of last week's episode, it the prop was 17.5, as I mentioned in the intro, but it was minus 140 to the under as in he's going to go before pick 17.5. I think that this was almost a lock, honestly. So that's why I put 100 bucks on it. Uh, Now, uh, the betting market seems to be leaning towards my opinion last week. Now the prop has dropped from 17.5 to 16.5. So that's good news for us if you followed my bet. And it's also good news because they uh, the betting market now is minus 205. A lot of juice on the under. So the betting market depth, the books really believe that Alave is going to be under 16.5. And I think that shift between 17.5 and 16.5 is pretty significant because they took out a really receiver needy team. Like the Chargers absolutely, if Alave was going to be there uh, at at the Chargers at 17, probably, I wouldn't say absolutely, no thing's a sure thing, but would very likely take Alave. So it hurts that they, it kind of stings that they took away that uh, and made it 16.5 because it just takes an Alave team out of the equation. But there was a reason they did that. I still think that Alave does not get past the Saints. If I did bet this uh, at minus 205, I would still bet the under for sure. I just wouldn't put as much money on it as I did last week when it was minus 140 at 17.5. But still, I would recommend betting the under. Just, you know, don't break the bank. Traylon Burks is another bet that I made. Uh, It was under 23.5 at minus 125. The line really hasn't moved much, although I will say that the I don't feel as confident about that. That's one of the ones I don't feel as confident about that bet as I did uh, last week when I made it. And luckily, I only put like $20 on it. But at the same time, we have, because we have a situation where there's been rumors, scouting reports out there that have kind 
a leak that Burks may lack kind of an understanding of a full route tree, like concepts, route running concepts, and may not have like the um, ability to, he's amazing after the catch. He's got all these, I'm not going to really get into a scouting report here, but this is just what scouts are saying, that teams are worried that he might not be able to develop a full kind of route tree. He might be kind of limited in the way that maybe DK Metcalf uh, was limited coming out of college. Obviously that worked out well, but LaVisca Chenault is another comparison where he's just amazing after the catch, but they just really couldn't get him going other than short uh, catches. So I don't, it's kind of been negative stuff on Burks lately. I think that this line or this prop at 23.5 is still kind of perfectly set. Uh, however, because I, I wouldn't bet it anymore, but I think it, that, but I do think it's perfectly set by the betting market. 23.5 because Arizona at 23 is a team that either Arizona or 20 at 23 or Green Bay at 22 is where I'll probably end up with Burks in my mock. Um, but also Dallas at 24 would be interested. I think Kansas City at 29. Obviously, Green Bay picks again at 28. And if you want to go beforehand, I could see him going as high as maybe all the receivers are gone. So maybe the Chargers want another playmaker at 17. So I think this line or this prop is pretty well set at 23.5. I wouldn't mess with it, uh, even though I did last. Uh, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, his prop is 30.5 and it's 31.5 at Caesars. 30.5 at DraftKings. Uh, Under is minus 125. I actually do lean that way to this bet. Uh, I think the receiver is going to be drafted high, and I think there's a pretty big drop-off after Jahan Dotson on most boards to like the next available receivers, which are like George Pickens and like Christian Watson, who I now think are going to go in the, probably go in the second round unless they go like to Kansas City or Green Bay at 28, 29, 30 range. But, uh, and I'll talk about Pickens in a second, but because of that drop-off and because teams need wide receivers, I could see Dotson going to like the Cardinals at 23, um, I don't think the Packers are going to take him because he doesn't really fit their profile. So that takes away two possible picks there. But Tennessee at 26 had receiver health issues last year. I could see Tennessee taking him. Um, I don't know. I just think a lot of teams will, maybe not a lot, but a few teams will want to have a player like Dotson in round one. But I'm not confident enough, especially with the juice on the under, to bet the 30.5, especially when I think that Detroit at 32 is definitely a team in the market for Dotson. And that's over uh, the Caesars and DraftKings uh, prop. George Pickens, this is one that I said to put $20 on the under of 36.5 last week. Um, I'm still going to, I don't know, I don't feel as confident as I did about that one, but so I probably wouldn't bet it now. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty, I think it's like a 50, it's close to a 50-50 chance that either the Chiefs, you would need the Chiefs or the Packers in that range of 28, 29, 30 to take Pickens. And if they don't, I do not foresee Pickens going in round one. So it's kind of a small chance when you're leading up to two teams. You never know if they're going to move up or draft a receiver earlier than that. Um, so right now I would kind of lean towards Pickens because of character concerns that have, character concerns that have popped up recently um, that teams are kind of worried about. Right now I would lean towards those same teams maybe trying to get Pickens or like a Christian Watson type in the second round. I would bet, um, I see the juices on the over. See, I probably, actually, you can get the over of, no, no, because then the props 38.5. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't touch that. Okay, let's go on to the, let's stick with offense. Let's go to the offensive lineman here. Evan Neal, his player prop is 5.5 and a lot of juices on the over because of medical 
medical rumors that are going around that he's kind of flagged medically by some teams, not all teams, but it could be teams in the top 10 and only only takes one. And the tackles are graded so closely together by a lot of teams like Charles Cross, Evan Neal, and Iki Ikwanwu that it might just lean, it might cause teams to lean towards like Ikwanwu or Charles Cross that they all have them close together. Uh, I'm not really messing with Neal's line because I do think that the over is probably a better bet, but all the juice is on the over as well at all the books. So uh, again, uh, Iki Ikwanwu, that was one last week where I said to bet the under on 4.5. At the time, it was minus 105 to get the under on uh, BetMGM or DraftKings at minus 105 uh, last week for Iki Ikwanwu. Now, Iki is the same uh, prop 4.5, but the under is mine. The juice is minus 150. So that line is, or that those odds are moving greatly in our favor, I think. And I think it is more likely than not that Icky will be taken either at pick three or pick four. Uh, I, again, this is one of those ones today where I would not bet this now. Uh, so sorry if you missed out on it last show, but I wouldn't bet it now just because now the juice is at minus 150. Uh, but don't worry, I'll have plenty of other things that we will be betting in this lengthy episode. So moving to Charles Cross, offensive tackle. This is another one where I said to bet, same situation as Izzy. I said to bet it last week, and this was one of my most confident bets in betting. I think I put $50 on it myself. And you might be laughing right now if you're like rich and you're like, oh, wow, $50. This guy thinks that's a lot. But you got to understand here, I mean... Here, I'm making a ton of small bets. Some of them are like $5 bets to win, you know, $300, like long shot bets. But at the end of the day, I'm going to end up betting, you know, a couple grand on the draft. So I know it doesn't sound like a lot when I said, oh, really, you know, hammer this bet and, you know, $50. But everyone has different kind of pocketbooks for this kind of thing. And obviously, you know, my approach is I'd, I'd rather get like a lot of exposure on things that I believe in rather than just like, you know, bet the farm on one or two or, you know, three things. So, but this was one that I was pretty confident in last week uh, on Barstool was where I said to bet it. At the time, the prop was 7.5 and it was plus 108 for the under. I thought that was an, I actually wish I would have bet the farm on that. Um, But no, the cross now that he's properly slotted at 6.5 by all of the books in Barstool. Actually, I didn't even see it even available. So, but yeah, actually I'm looking now. It it actually is available, uh, but it's 6.5 at let's see, minus 140. Um, and that's actually the best one being available at Charles Cross. Most are like 6.5, like minus 200. Again, this is like the icky bet. I would not bet it now. If you missed out on it, sorry. Um, just wait for other bets here. Uh, let's see. P- Trevor Pinning is also one I bet. I guess, I guess I bet pretty heavy on offensive linemen. I didn't realize that at the time. But Trevor Pinning is one that I bet last week. And I was also pretty heavy on that one. Uh, I said $50 on there, which was uh, the upper echelon of, of stake that I was betting at least last week. It was I considered it kind of early to be betting on draft. So I was kind of conservative. Now I'm putting a little more money down on uh, on these bets. But Trevor Pinning, this is actually one that I'd recommend still betting today. At the time last week, it was the prop was 16.5 on DraftKings minus 150. Now it's the same prop, 16.5, but it's minus 160. So yeah, I'm still, um, I'm not going to do it myself because I've already done it, but I'm still laying some money on this. I think that the under 
16.5. He will be Trevor Penning will very most likely be drafted before pick 16.5. Why? Because that includes it smartly doesn't include the Chargers at 17, which is I think Penning's floor, but it does include the Saints, which very well could be Penning's floor if all the receivers are gone. I think, and I have no local like insight or anything, even though I'm a huge Saints fan, as many listeners know, I have no like local connections in the building or anything like that. But I think that the Saints would take the top four receivers over Trevor Penning at 16 if any of them were available. That is Chris Alave, Jamison Williams, uh, Drake, even Drake London, probably be the last of the bunch, but especially Garrett Wilson. If any of those are available, I think the Saints would take them at 16. I wouldn't even rule out the Saints trading up because the Eagles are probably going to take the last remaining one if allowed at 15 right before the Saints, which would be a shame because the Saints traded with the Eagles and couldn't get 15 out of them. But nevertheless, smart play by the Eagles, but nevertheless, uh, I think pinning is likely going to be the pick for the Saints if all the receivers are gone. And I do expect the receivers to be gone. So I think I'm going to end up with pinning uh, in my mock to the Saints tomorrow. So let's see. So yeah, I would bet, uh, yeah, probably around $50 on the under at minus 160 for pinning 16.5. Tyler Linderbaum, this is another one I'm bet. I say I'm, I'm heavy on offensive line. Uh, hopefully I, I'm judging this class well, because if it doesn't go well at offensive line, we're going to be in trouble here. Uh, last week, I bet uh, Tyler Linderbaum the over 27.5 was the prop. I, I did minus 140 on the over. No, sorry. It actually was minus 105. Now it's minus 140. So this is another bet that has gone in our favor, that has gone closer to the odds have been favored in my on my betting side since I made this bet, which is good. Uh, I think this was one I was heavy on last uh, week. I put $50 on it. Now, but however, now, unlike the penny one, this is one that I'm not, I don't know. I do still think he's going to go over 27.5. The team we're worried about is Dallas. But there are a lot of reasons to think that Dallas is going to pass on Linderbaum for an offensive guard like Zion Green or Ken, uh, uh, sorry, I combined their names, Zion G- Johnson or Kenyon Green. I think that Dallas prefers those offensive guards. If they go O-line, I think they prefer those guards over center Tyler Linderbaum. You could see Dallas being into the whole Travis Frederick uh, narrative uh, and, you know, Linderbaum, obviously one of the, he's the best center in the class. Dallas does have a tendency of drafting the best player at certain positions when you look at their draft history more on that on my mock if you're interested but I think that the Dallas is a bigger need at guard Linderbaum did not visit with the Cowboys and they're kind of one of those teams that are kind of notoriously probably more so than any team of drafting players that they've that they've met with in a, in a private top 30 visit so to, they haven't done so with Linderbaum they have with Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green the guards so I think the guards are more likely to go to Dallas the issue becomes if the guards go prior to Dallas's pick which I think Zion Johnson is probably going to go prior to Dallas's pick. Right now, I have Kenyon Green mocked to Dallas. So I think it's going to be close, and we'll talk about them next. But even then, Dallas could still like to take, you know, like a linebacker or a pass rusher or something like that. So I do lean the over still on 27.5. Um, I think if Linderbaum goes in the first round, the best bet's probably to the Bengals at 31. However, even then, they could go defensive back. I don't know. All of that is irrelevant. Really, just, to me, this comes down to Dallas. I just don't see a fit for Linderbaum other way. I, I could be wrong. It could be like a surprise team like Green Bay at 22 or something weird like that. But 
I would probably still bet this, but now that there's 100 uh, minus 140 on the uh, on the over, I wouldn't put as much down as I as I did last. Week. So uh, moving on to the guards, Zion Johnson on DraftKings, his uh, prop is 24.5. I would go with the under there at minus 125. Uh, I know that the juice is on the under. However, um, I just think there are too many teams that need guards or interior offensive line. And Zion Johnson has a lot of versatility. He's an athletic player. I think now that Devin Lloyd for New England specifically, that now that Devin Lloyd's been kind of flagged medically, or the rumors are that it that is the rumor, and Lloyd could fall. We'll talk about him shortly. But I had Lloyd going to New England in my mock, and I think that Lloyd was a pretty strong possibility to New England at 21. And that takes away, uh, or that adds a team that could take Zion prior to 24.5. There's also Arizona at 23. And I think there's the Chargers and the Eagles at 17 and 18, especially if like Trent McDuffie's gone by that point and the receivers are gone and 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 uh, Trevor Penning and Kyle Hamilton, if they're all gone like they are expected to be, then I could see the Chargers taking Zion at 17, the Eagles taking Zion at maybe 18, although I think that's kind of unlikely, but now more likely the Patriots at 21 and the Cardinals at 24. And this line, uh, this prop is set at 24.5. So you get down. Dallas in there. And I just talked about how Dallas, I really think Dallas is going to be trying to draft an offensive guard, or, or at least I'll, show, I'll throw Linderbaum maybe in there. But I really think that Dallas is going to end up with an interior offensive line in the first round of this draft if one of those three players are available. So to me, because there's an interest there, so many teams prior to 24.5 and a little bit after too, with like Buffalo at 25 or Tennessee at 26 or even Tampa at 27. So Zion, I mean, his range is probably more likely 21 to 27. But because I I just, yeah, I would still bet the under, but just not a lot. Kenyon Green, same situation, except I think I would bet pretty heavy on this. I would go up to, I'm, I already have bet uh, like $50 on Kenyon Green going under 27.5. And you can get this on Caesar at plus 105. So that's a strong bet. That's one of my favorite bets that I've said so far. I've personally put $50 on it. Um, so Kenyon Green, at Caesars plus 105 on DraftKings he's minus 115 uh, but either way actually the prop at 27.5 is very favorable within that you get Tampa Bay who needs a guard I don't think they're going to take one I think they're going to go defense with their pick but they need a guard you have uh, Tennessee Titans who desperately need a guard they may t- go O-line the Buffalo Bills they need a guard I don't think they're going to take one round one but they definitely could over like a corner or a running back even but you get Buffalo you get Dallas, you get Cardinals, you get the Patriots. Again, the Eagles have met with Kenyon Green at 18. The Chargers uh, may like Kenyon Green if all the tackles are gone at 17. There are a lot of teams in the offensive line market, specifically guard market, and there's really only two top guards available, Zion and Kenyon Green. So even though guard is historically not a prioritized position, it, offensive line's more important than like, I don't know, like safety and running back and linebacker. So it's not as de-emphasized as people think. It's arguably more important than center. Well, I don't know. It's right near there with center. So 
Ultimately, I just see a bunch of teams that need guards in the 20s. I love this Kenyon Green under 27.5 bet. Tyler Smith, his um, he's probably a tackle that's going to be converted to guard in his first year. Uh, 32.5. I would lean under there, but so do the, so do the books, minus 130. So I mentioned all those teams that need guard. Uh, that applies to Tyler Smith too, but he's not as polished of a prospect uh, as Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson are. So while I would lean the under for 32.5, I'm not as comfortable betting it as maybe I was last week. So let's move to the defensive backs here. We got Sauce Gardner. Uh, is his his prop is 5.5 with a little bit of juice from all the books on the over. Um, I think that is properly properly slotted. I would say I, I could see yeah I could see Sauce going three to the Texans. Uh, it's possibly goes to four of the Jets, um, but I don't really particularly see it myself. Um, it's possible he, I think it's probable that he goes to the Giants if available, but they have picks five and seven and the, in the prop it's 5.5. So yeah, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to bet this sauce, uh, Gardner bet. Let's see Stingley, especially with all the juice on the under, it's like minus 150 on the under, which is where I would, uh, Sting, Derek Stingley, a lot of buzz about him going pick three to the Texans. But there's also, the Texans also need offensive line. They could go Evan Neal. Uh, they could go Iki Aquanwu. They could go Sauce Gardner. Uh, it sounds to me like the Texans, if they decide to go corner, it sounds to me like based on everything I've heard and read, it sounds like Stingley is their number one corner on their board ahead of Sauce Gardner. But it doesn't, It's not, I'm not as confident yet that they are going to go corner. And so over like an offensive lineman yet. So I don't know if I'm like, we'll get to the top 10 bets um, later on in the show, but I don't know if I would bet singly the Texans yet. I don't even know if I'm mocking them there right now. I have it there, but I'm following the buzz, but I could that could change in the next 18 or so hours. Let's see Stingley. His his prop is at 9.5 on DraftKings, 7.5 on Caesars. Heavy juice on the under. So if you do bet this, I would bet it on DraftKings as opposed to Caesars. However, because the you know it's a two-spot prop difference, and that prop difference is huge. That 9.5 would include Seattle in there. Which which is very uh, one of the higher likely teams to draft Stingley. You have the Texans at three. You have the Jets probably at four and ten. You have I don't think they're going to take them at four though. So you have the Jets at ten. You have the Seahawks at nine and the Giants at seven. If Sauce is gone, I think Sauce is the number one corner on the Giants board uh, based on my research. So those are the options for Stingley. Definitely lean under, but so do the books. So I'm probably not betting this for now. Definitely not at seven point five. If I do bet it, I'm going to DraftKings and, and trying to do the under of 9.5. And I know a lot of my listeners will want to bet this just because Stingley's a local product. Um, okay, Trent McDuffie. This is one that I um, I didn't say a hammer last week, but it's one that I bet, I think, $50 on last week. I did the over on 17.5 on Caesar. Uh, and let's see. Now, the line really hasn't moved. The prop hasn't moved much. But I will say it's the odds have moved a li- the juice has moved a little bit in the opposite direction. So the juice has moved a little bit to the under since last week, which is not obviously favorable for my bet. But I think this is kind of the right range for McDuffie. I'm a little concerned, or my logic for the bet, I should say, is that McDuffie has shorter shorter arms than a lot of high-end corners that are picked in the teens. And he's also shorter. Uh, I think he's like 5'11". It, I personally don't really care about that, but I'm not the ones picking the teams. I think that teams will care. And they, it, you saw that with like an Asante Samuel last year, where he was projected to go in the end of the first round, kind of fell to the second because of size 
size concerns. So I could see McDuffie being picked a little later than maybe the media and the experts have him just because of he's not kind of your prototypical size and arm like kind of corner. But his film is so good. And one thing that's working in McDuffie's favor is that he... Uh, there's a massive drop-off after McDuffie in the cornerback position. So you have Stingley and Sauce, and then there's a drop-off. Then you have McDuffie, and then there's another drop-off before you get to like three guys like Kyer Elam, um, Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, who are all kind of fringe round one, early round two, or late round one, early round two, kind of fringe uh, Thursday prospects. So I'm not, I'm no longer, we bet, I... I told y'all that I bet the over on McDuffie 17.5 last week, but now I do think that the Chargers are another team in play at 17. And so while I still have them going, I think to the Eagles at 18 in my mock, this is not something that I would bet on anymore. I kind of, I kind of regret the bet that I made last week. So let's get to the next corners. And I was just discussing them as Kyrie Elam, uh, Andrew Booth, and Kyler Gordon. These are all around the same. All of their all of their props are around 33 for. Elam, uh, 29.5 for Booth, 32 for Gordon. If I had to say uh, if Gordon was going to go under 32.5, I would say under, but the juice is there too, so I'm avoiding that one. Andrew Booth, this is one that I bet uh, pretty heavily. In fact, if there's, I've probably put more money so far on Andrew Booth going over than maybe any, yeah, definitely than any defensive back for sure, probably any defensive player, I should say. in last week, it, it's looking great for me because last week the prop when I bet it was, I think I bet like $100 on this, was like 26.5. And I bet the over, and at the time it was, I want to say it was like minus 150. Now it's minus 175 over, but the prop is 29.5. It just jumped up three spots. And the reasons that I bet this a week ago is because I'd heard um, rumors about medical red flags, that teams were concerned about his durability. Uh, he's had her- sports hernia surgeries. There's also knee and I think hip issues. There's a lot of medical issues that Andrew Booth has to kind of pass on team's grade for him to be considered round one. Definitely teams need a cornerback uh, in this range, in that 29 range. But the fact that you can still have teams like the Bengals at 31 and the Chiefs at 30 and the Lions at 32 take Andrew Booth and still win this bet because the props at 29.5, this is a, yeah, I'm still betting this even at 29.5. I'm not as hammering I'm not hammering it as much as I was but this is still a favorable bet um at 29.5 you're betting the over I think he's going to go after them especially we're getting more buzz about Kyer Elam going prior it going in the round one now I think he goes before Booth so we will see what ha- it only takes one team to not flag him medically and if he's not, if he doesn't have medical concerns, then yeah, he's a better prospect than 29.5. He would go higher if he didn't have the medical risk. But I think that it only takes one team for me to be wrong. But to me, usually medical risks are associated with really big slides in the draft. And I think that the betting market may not be taking into account. Like it wouldn't even surprise me if he goes like, if he went like mid to late second, honestly. I think his range is huge. He could go like in the teens based on his talent. If a team like says, oh yeah, he's all, he passed all our medical tests. We're fine with him. Like a team like the Saints could take him at 19. Or teams could be so concerned that you could see like a massive fall and he could go to the second round. We've seen that time and time again with prospects like Jaywan Taylor, um, he projected top 10 pick. I had him mocked like ninth into Jacksonville. I think he ended up going to like mid second round uh, just 
just because of medical issues last year. Uh, I mean, sorry, a, a while, a couple years ago. And then Taylor Lewan, we saw that last year, uh, mocked by in round one by almost everybody. Uh, I actually kept him out of my mock just because I couldn't peg him a team. But then we found out, I got lucky, we found out later that he had knee concerns. Uh, teams all flagged him all over the place. So yeah, that's kind of stuff happened. Uh, let's move on to defensive players here. Uh, and sorry, defensive linemen here. And we have Kayvon Thibodeau first. A lot of movement upwards. Like there were rumors that he was going to... In the last week, the line the lines have changed so much on Thibodeau. It's been crazy. Uh, there was a lot of movement upwards that he could be the number two overall pick. And the line jumped up so much. And now... Um, now it's down kind of to 4.5 with heavy juice on the over because now what really happened there was that a lot of people thought that the Lions were going to take Thibodeau at two at one point. Um, but those are the people who, who thought that Hutchinson was going number one overall. And that would mean that the Lions were choosing between Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau, which is a totally different discussion, I think, than Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson. Um, in my mock draft, I actually flipped Hutchinson. I had Hutchinson going number one for like a month, but then I actually flipped to Trayvon Walker and I actually put a little bit of money on Hutchinson going number one like a month ago. It was my first draft bet. And then because of all these rumors, which you can read and all these things connecting the dots and everything that was everything that I was hearing made sense of why the Jaguars preferred Trayvon Walker. Because of that, I flipped it in my mock draft, if you'll have noticed and following my mock draft, about, I think, 12 days ago, I flipped to Trayvon Walker. Now, I wasn't confident enough to bet it, and I had the little percentages down there. I was like, oh, you know, I'm like 30% sure it's Hutchinson, 30% sure it's Walker, like, you know, 20% sure it's Equanwood, that kind of stuff. But I did flip Walker to number one. Um, I was buying the rumors uh, 12 days ago, but I wasn't confident enough to bet it. And it was like minus 190 when I bet it like three days ago. And I actually got really fortunate. Um, sorry, guys, it was after last week's betting podcast, but I actually got really fortunate there with the timing because right probably a day or two after I bet Walker, because I just kind of had a feeling, not that he was going number one, but I kind of wanted to hedge my Hutchinson bet. I didn't want to go into the draft like down $100 because I made a, uh, a bet on number one like a month ago. I wanted all my bets to be fairly recent. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and bet $50 on Hutchinson. I mean, sorry, on Walker going number one and just kind of cancel out that Hutchinson bet. And that's exactly what I did. And I kind of got lucky because like two days after I did that, all of a sudden there was this massive market swing in favor of Walker going number one. And we're still seeing that now. I still do think Walker is going to be the pick at number one, but obviously the odds now are like, what, like minus 300. Now it's probably not worth it to bet just because you never really know. There is some disagreement in the Jaguars front office on what they should do. And even the owner wants Aiden Hutchinson and the head coach wants Iki Kwanwu. So there's still some variables there in Jacksonville. So I probably wouldn't bet it now, but I still do think Walker is going to be uh, the pick at number one. What the point of that whole rant is this, not to tell you about my little history or to toot my own horn that I had Walker going one 12 days ago. So you should have followed my mock. No, that was just more of a lucky guess and reading the tea leaf. The point is, is that is why the Kayvon Thibodeau bet has gone upwards now, because now people thought it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson one and then Kayvon Thibodeau over Trevon Walker. But now that, it, now that it's Aiden Hutchinson versus Kayvon Thibodeau, the Lions, Hutchinson's very, very likely going to pick, be the pick for all the reasons I 
I laid out in my mock draft. You want to go read that. I'm not going to get into all those reasons now because it would take forever. The show is already going to take forever, but it can't take even longer. But anyway, we will, I'll probably discuss a lot of those on my on my Twitter live tomorrow. But now we're seeing a situation where Hutchinson's likely going to be the pick at number two. So that pushes Kayvon Thibodeau down. Who likes Kayvon Thibodeau? Is it the Jets at four? Maybe. I think that's why this line is set at 4.5. The Giants could take him, but I don't think if they do, it would be at five. I think it would be at seven. That doesn't really matter here because it's at the, the props at 4.5. You have to excuse my dog, Sadie. Uh, she agrees that the Giants would take him at seven instead of five. But I think that Thibodeau, if he doesn't go to the Lions, which I still think there's a chance, but it's just a low chance. If he doesn't go to the Lions, I don't know. I don't see them. I don't know. The Jets could do it. But I think there's a better chance that Thibodeau slides past this, than past the Jets, than these odds are indicating. So I would bet this. Yes. Uh, that was a long-winded way of saying that I am betting the, I haven't done it yet, but I am betting the over on Kayvon Thibodeau, over 4.5. He will be drafted after that. It comes down to the Lions at two, which I think is unlikely if Hutchinson's there. And it comes down to the Jets at four. I don't think uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is a fit for Houston at three. Um, Lance Zerline, one of the most plugged in guys for the Texans, has said that he's just not a character fit there. I agree. I outlined the reasons why in my mock. So yeah, I don't see him going three. This is a pretty good bet because the juice on the over right now is at, it's 4.5 is the prop. On the over, it's one. 50, plus 150. So this is a pretty good bet. You can lay, um, I don't know, like 30 bucks on or something like that. That's probably what I'll do. But I'm not going to go all in on it because I have a couple of more long shot bets on Thibodeau that I really cannot wait to discuss. Uh, one of my favorite bets are kind of longer shot bets when we get to like the top 10 picks, like specific picks. Uh, that's kind of where I have my money on Thibodeau falling there. So I'm not going to like double dip. Uh, anyway, Jermaine Johnson, 9.5 is the is the prop. Uh, the juice is on the under. If I had to lean here, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't touch this. I, I wouldn't touch this. Jermaine Johnson could go four to the Jets. He could go seven to the Giants. He could go eight to the Falcons. He could go nine to the Seahawks. He could go 10 to the Jets. I actually don't think he's going to get past 10 at the Jets, but right now 10 to the Jets is where I have him my mock. So I don't know. I would maybe lean over even though all the buzz says under and that's where the ju- that's why the juice is all there. But uh, yeah, I'm just not betting. A bet I would make is Carl uh, George Carl Loftus. And last week I was pretty heavy on this. Last week the prop was 18.5 and that just made no sense to me. I went on kind of a rant in my last episode about how I thought that this prop should be like 23. And sure enough, one week later, it's like Vegas. It's like Vegas was listening to me. Uh, now DraftKings has the bet at 22.5. I still think it should be higher now. I would bet this, and it's a pretty time sensitive one. I would bet the over minus 145 at DraftKings over 22.5 for George Karloff. Could he be drafted prior to 22? Yeah, maybe the Eagles at 18. They like him. I know the Texans like him, but that would be a big reach there at 13. I just don't really see maybe the Cardinals at 20. No, 23 would be after. Yeah. I would bet the Packers maybe at 22, but I would go ahead and bet this right now, honestly. Um, I mean, you don't have to pause the show. Well, you can if you want, actually, but I would bet this 
and I have bet this last night, over at, well, actually, no, I bet it last week. I think I might have sprinkled some more on it last night. But anyway, over 22.5, after 22.5, minus 145 now. But this is a bet, if you listened to my show last week, this is a bet is definitely gone more in our favor, which is good. Uh, Boye Mafe, the prop is 31.5. With juice on the under, I completely agree with that line. I think it's perfectly set by the betting markets. Uh, Arnold Epit. Of Epicadia, I think is how you pronounce his name. Caesars, 33.5. Um, under is even at 100, while the juice is on the over. I think he's going to go over 33.5. I think it'll be close, though. I think there's a perfectly set line or prop as well. So defensive tackles here. Let's get into Jordan Davis. Uh, the books have been very, very consistent with this prop. 14.5 is the number. And the two teams most likely to be picking Jordan Davis are the Ravens at 14 and the Eagles at 15. I don't think he gets past the Eagles at 15. And this line, accordingly, is at 14.5. There is juice on the under because there's a chance that, like, the Vikings at 12 or the or the Texans at, at 13 would take Davis. But I think this is a masterfully, perfectly set uh, prop by Vegas, and it has been the whole time. So I'm not betting it, obviously. Um, Devontae Wyatt. He has some dem- he has some family domestic. Uh, he's gotten arrested before. So in my last episode, I said that I was leaning towards the over 29.5 on this bet. And but I hadn't bet it yet, and I really, gosh, I was so close to pulling the trigger. And I'm kind of glad I didn't. I still think it's a very poss- possible chance that he gets out of the first round because of those character concerns. But I also think that other defensive tackles and defensive players in this class, or potential first round prospects like Pickens and and maybe Perrion Winfrey, other defensive tackles have character concerns in this class. And I just haven't. I've, all the mocks from all the most reliable mockers and the insiders out there all have White in the first round that I've seen so far. A lot could change tonight when uh, a lot of big names uh, like Josh Norris and stuff put out his mock. But uh, to me, I haven't had Devontae White in my mock until about two days ago. I kind of bit the bullet and slotted him in there. It really comes down to why it can rush the passer from an interior uh, position. And I think teams are looking in that range are looking for interior pass rush, specifically Tampa Bay at 27 and Green Bay at 28. So, and I know Kansas City also could use defensive tackle. I don't think they're going to take Wyatt, but specifically those, that 27 through 30 range. And this prop is set at 29.5. So I, I just think it's, I think it's well done again. So like four in a row, at least from my vantage point, that are that are kind of well set by the betting markets. Um, like if I worked for them, in other words, that's kind of where I would set the lines. So I'm not going to bet against where I myself, obviously. Um, I don't know what the answer is going to be, Is in other words. So moving on to Devin Lloyd in linebackers, and this is a big one. So pay attention here. Uh, a lot of a lot of my money has been spent on lot betting linebackers in this draft. Last week, my most confident bet that I said on the show was over for Devin Lloyd. At at the time, it was 18.5 with minus I think 105 at the time on I think it was BetMGM. Now on DraftKings, it's moved up to only 119.5, but it's only minus 125 on the over. So the juice is on the over. But I would bet this now. I would bet this ASAP. It's probably a time-sensitive bet because I think, first of all, even if even if the injury, actually, let me just say, first of all, sorry, I kind of lost my order of operations there. First of all, I got to take a breath here. I'm going on these long-winded rants here. Devin Lloyd is a, a traditional linebacker. He's not going to be as valued as highly, even though he's arguably the best in the class. He's not going to be 
valued as highly as uh, the media would want him to be. Uh, traditional linebackers do, typically do not get taken in the top 10. There are exceptions like Devin White or, or you know, Luke Keekley back in the day, but we just don't see it happen often anymore. It's not a premium position and teams are taking more linebackers off the field in favor of defensive backs as they should. And, and Devin Lloyd, so already I think that Devin Lloyd, the over was good. And that's before we even kind of match it into like team matches. But if you look at the team matches, who is going to take Devin Lloyd, a linebacker over other players that are, they need more, who's going to take Devin Lloyd in the top 20? I just don't see it at all. The first team that I see is considering Devin Lloyd is, the New England Patriots at 21. They lost three of their top four linebackers and free agents. I have had Devin Lloyd mocked to New England for quite some time. However, last night, so even, so that's why even last week when this, this prop was 18.5 and New England picks at 21, I was like, yeah, let's, let's bang this prop right here. Like this is, this is the over. Like, I think it was set by the betting markets because they wanted, maybe they think that the Eagles were a candidate to the linebacker, but every year people think the Eagles are going to draft a linebacker and every year they just don't so they just don't prioritize the position and a lot of teams don't so to me and again I don't think the Eagles are taking Devin Lloyd especially now because I haven't even gotten to the biggest point here there have been rumors about Lloyd being medically flagged and some teams will again same situation as like Andrew Booth except probably a little better than Andrew Booth because I don't think it's as serious but some teams will say oh we don't have an issue with Devin Lloyd whatever his little ailment is and a lot of this stuff comes out right before the draft in the interest of like privacy but but there has been leaks that Devin Lloyd might slip in the draft uh, and that's why it's kind of because of an injury and that's why it's kind of a time sensitive bet the over at 19.5 um, even with the juice minus 125 but even if he didn't I still think New England's the earliest he's going to go even if he had no medical issues whatsoever he's a great personality but and I'm kind of laughing saying that because, but teams love him like that's what I've heard throughout the process that he interviewed arguably probably the best interviews of anyone in the class. However, um, however, I just think that he's going to slide on draft day, especially if New England doesn't take him. We're also getting rumors about Quay Walker being the first linebacker taken. That's also one of my favorite bets. And I'm going to get to that one later on. But to me, and we're also getting Nicobe Dean rumors that he's going to slide. So I just think that people are realizing that the linebackers, there's not only are they devalued position wise, but I think finally a lot of the insiders and the, and the mockers out there and the media, all these beat writers who are, do, are talking about the draft are realizing that not only teams valuing, not valuing these linebackers as much as one would think, but they're just realizing that these teams in the 20s and teens, they have a lot more pressing needs than traditional linebacker. And yeah, you throw the injury on top of it to or the potential injury or medical flag with Nicobe Dean and Devin Lloyd these are great bets to uh hit the over on and Nicobe Dean his prop is 30.5 and this is another probably this is another one that I love I mean minus 130 to go over 30.5 I forget it's the same argument as Devin Lloyd but it's the same situation too because even though I did have Lloyd in my first round mock I have never had Nicobe Dean in my first round mock I made a mock draft a month ago, like when I debuted my fantasy law guy mock draft. And I have changed my mock draft probably a thousand times based on my research and everything that I'm reading and everything that I'm thinking. Thousand different combinations. I've had a player slotted to like almost every pick at this point, like a different player slotted to almost every pick, except for Nicobe Dean going in round one. Now, 
my eyebrows were raised a little bit when he was invited to the combine. And that was like, okay, well, he wouldn't probably get invited to the combine if the league didn't value him higher. So maybe he, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the league does see him as going higher than I do. But now I, I still didn't put him on mock. So even if this prop was available last week and I said, okay, let's, you know, I, I would lean on, I would lean the over 30.5 last week. But now there's rumors about medical issues. So to me, I just think that Nicobe Dean is a good bet to go over 30.5. I don't think Dean will end up in round one. Devin Lloyd may be in round one, but I th- right now I think both of them slide to round two. So let's move on to safeties. It's the last positional group. Uh, before we get into uh, even more fun stuff, I think. Uh, Kyle Hamilton. This is another one that I bet in last week's show that I mentioned. At the time, it was 10.5. And this is a great example of, of things are looking good for us, right? Things are looking good for me because now the prop on DraftKings is 12.5. Bet MGM, 11.5. Caesars, 11.5. At the time I bet it, it was $50 to go over 10.5. I'm a little worried. There's some buzz to Kyle Hamilton to the Falcons at eight by their beat rider specifically. I'm a little worried about that, but I still think the massive favorites to Atlanta are wide receivers like Garrett Wilson, Drake London at eight. And I also think Atlanta's a, tr- if they really love Kyle Hamilton, I think they're a trade down possibility and they maybe they can move past 12.5. I think that this is still a good bet because the juice is now on the over at 12.5. So you have, and the reason they're putting 12, making it 12.5 DraftKings is instead of 11.5, like bet MGM and Caesars is because the Vikings at 12 are pretty, I think they're pretty high. If I had to rank Kyle Hamilton's likely teams, the Vikings would be high up there. However, there are rumors that, you know, at the same time that there are rumors with Kyle Hamilton sliding in the draft, other than I guess Atlanta, rumors. There's also rumors that Lewis Seen and Daxon Hill, the other safeties behind them, are going to be picked higher than people think. So that tells me that, you know, these safeties are viewed more closely together as boards, as scouts are kind of leaking anonymous information and, and insiders are finding out more information as they talk to like executives and their sources. They're realizing that these safeties are probably a little more close together graded by a lot of teams than maybe the public would have perceived. So I think that Hamilton could slide certainly I mean Washington's in play at 11 Minnesota's certainly in play at 12 I don't think Houston is in play like everyone thinks they are at 13 I don't think they're going to draft Hamilton based on what I know about understand about Houston however you know it's a possibility but I think 12 fights around his range I think his ceiling is closer to like the Saints at 16 and the Eagles at 15 but I'm still going to over because I get plus 20 on this at 12.5 and I don't know I think it's a long shot to Atlanta at 8 but a possibility I think it's a long shot to Minnesota as well. We don't Minnesota is one of the real mystery teams of the draft. I think a lot of what a lot of mockers are doing is they are plugging in Kyle Hamilton to Minnesota because they just don't know which direction to go with Minnesota and they know that they need defense. And they know they have a new defensive coordinator and a new GM and a new coach. They're a real wild card team. And they also know that Derek Singley's n- probably not going to make it to Minnesota, which is what every mocker had prior to like the, you know, the top 10 buzz that he's getting now. So if you're a mocker and I am, you, you are thinking like, you know, what team really, really loves Kyle Hamilton? I think the Eagles love Kyle Hamilton, but is he going to slide all the way to 15? And I also know the Eagles are candidate to love a receiver in Jordan Davis. So maybe mock, if I, 
why mock a receiver Jordan Davis to the Eagles at 15, then, you know, where's Kyle Hamilton going? I really don't know. And I think that's why, I mean, I had Hamilton plugged into the Vikings until like yesterday. So I think, but I think ultimately that is why a lot of mockers, you're seeing a lot of mocks with Hamilton at 12. It's not necessarily because there's a lot of intel that he's going at 12, because based on my research, there's not. It's just because from a mocking standpoint, from a strategy standpoint, you're, it's, it's more of a situation as you should mock what you know first, like you know which teams are interested in which players, and then kind of fill in the gaps there. And I think Hamilton to the Vikings at 12 is just kind of a gap filler, like, oh, he should go around that range, so let's plot him layer. All of this is to say that over 12.5, I, yeah, I could definitely see it. I consider like that a 50-50 thing, probably, and you get juice on the over. So I'm going to lean towards DraftKings there, and I'm obviously very happy with my bet at 10.5. So Lewis Seen and Daxton Hill, their prop, Hill's prop is 28.5 minus 120 is the best bet on Caesars for under, and Lewis Seen is on Caesars 31.5 minus 115 to the under. I do hate that they are taking Detroit Lions at 32 out of this bet, but that's very smart by the books because I think Detroit is a very strong bet if seen or Hill are available at 32 to be to select safeties Daxon Hill or Lewisine if they're available. I also think Cincinnati is in play with them, but lesser of a chance at 31. So these, so I would lean under uh, here because Green Bay at 28, uh, Kansas City at 29. Uh, actually, I should say Daxon Hill's props at 28.9, Kansas City is 29. So uh, maybe lean under with Scene and not with Hill. But I'm not betting either of them because the juice is on the under right now. But that's exactly how I would lean as well. So that is all. All the available player props that are projected round one picks. I didn't do, there are more, but I didn't do players like Trey McBride. Like I'm not betting player props that on players that are projected to go round two. My strength is, is draft is mocking round one. I focus on round one. I don't focus on round two. I don't even know the order, exact order of round two. I don't really care about that right now. So John Mechie, uh, 56.5, Trey McBride, 50.5, like even Brees Hall's over under like 38 or whatever it is. I'm not doing doing those player props just because I don't think it would behoove uh, y'all as my listeners. Uh, I just don't have an expertise there. You can look for other experts on actual total draft experts on that. My niche obviously is just mocking round one. So let's move on to the, we've done all the available round one player props. Let's move on to other types of bets like player odds for each pick in the top 10, first player at each position drafted, like how many of each position will be drafted in round one, like some, some draft team special that type of stuff that you'll see when you open these sportsbooks apps. Let's move into all that. And I'm not going to go through every single one like I did for player props because player props, I just think people find more interesting. And I wanted to do that in case like y'all were thinking about betting like a certain player. I wanted to go through every single one and kind of give my take there. But for these uh, these other types of more broad bets, I'm going to just focus on ones that I have bet. So definitely pay attention to the next segment. Okay, let me give you my favorite bets for mocking the top 10, like the odds that each player goes like at a certain pick in the top 10. And you're finding these available on Caesars. You're finding them available. BetMGM had them, but as of last night, they took them down, I think, at least for me. Everyone, every state seems to be different, but uh, and DraftKings definitely has them. Uh, and let's see, Barstool did have them, but then I think they took them down as well. So we're mainly focused on DraftKings. 
here. So favorite bets right now, if you look to, yeah, Barstool does have them. If you look at pick number four, okay, so pick four, player odds for pick four. Last podcast and today, I have mentioned that I think that Icky Ekwonwu, the offensive tackle, is likely to go prior to pick uh, the prop of 4.5. Well, he's not going one or two, most likely. So that means that it comes down to three or four. So the Texans very well could take Icky Ekwonwu. It's possible that they have Icky number one as the offensive lineman on their board. But I think that the Texans like Evan Neal a lot. There are a lot of arguments you can make that they could take Evan Neal, despite recent kind of medical uh, being flagged medically by some teams. Teams, I think there's a legitimate argument you can make that the Texans not only have Neil number one tackle on their board, but will take Neil number three. He's more of a long shot now at plus 1,000. I'm actually thinking about betting that, speaking of odds in the top 10, but I'm actually thinking about betting that because it's 10 to 1. But, but the point is that now we're seeing a lot of buzz to Derek Stingley and Sauce Gardner, cornerbacks, to, at number three to the Texans. Well, that makes Icky a little less likely to go number three three and a little more likely to go pick four to the Jets. So if Houston passes on Icky, and Icky's been the Houston Texans favorite overwhelmingly for, I don't know, like the last month, but now he's not the favorite. Stingley's the favorite at plus 240, Icky's plus 330, and Sauce Gardner is plus 400. And Evan Neal's actually placed 1,000, which I'm starting to like that bet more and more. So maybe I'll sprinkle something on that after this episode. But the whole point of this is pick four right now. Now, Icky is not the favorite. Icky Aquan who is not the favorite to go to Houston Texans at pick three. Stingley is. And if they don't take Stingley, they might take Sauce. So where is Icky going to land? Now, it could be, obviously, the Giants at five or the Panthers at six. But pick four is the Jets. And you would think that Icky's odds to the Jets would have increased. Like it would be, he'd have better odds to go to the Jets. But no, they, the betting market seems to believe that Kayvon Thibodeau is a heavy favorite, plus 175 to go to the Jets. And the next highest is Jermaine Johnson at 300. And he's another pass rusher. So the betting market believes that the Jets are going to pick a pass rusher at pick four. I think that there's a decent chance that Jermaine Johnson makes it to pick 10. And I think the Jets have to factor that in. All of the Jets' reliable beat writers are saying that in the last couple weeks that this pick, instead of like a lot of the national guys think it's going to be Sauce Gardner, but all the local beat writers have been saying that this pick is going to be between Icky and Thibodeau. And then yesterday we saw a bunch of buzz that the Jets actually prefer Jermaine Johnson to Thibodeau. So I don't know what that was all about, but Icky still remains in the conversation. I think that there's honestly, between Thibodeau, Sauce, and Icky, I think that they, sorry, between Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, and Icky, I think that there's, I don't know, maybe a 33% chance for each of them if they're all there. And my logic is the Jets either, I think Icky's probably even higher than that if he's there. Because my logic is the Jets have made the decision whether they want a pass rusher there, either Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson. Both will likely be there. So it's really about if they want a pass rusher for, if they want an offensive lineman for. If they want an offensive lineman for, it's going to be Icky. And if they want pass rusher, it's going to be either Thibodeau or Jermaine Johnson. So the way I'm looking at this is that pick four is if, if Icky is available, which the betting market seems to say that he probably will be because only he can only go at pick three and Stingley is the favorite there. So if he is available at pick four, which I think he will be, then I think there's closer to a 50-50 chance that the Jets take a pass rusher or Icky. 
And right now, for pick four on Barstool Sports, I repeat, Barstool, because it's very important to line shop for this. Because on DraftKings right now, it's plus 450 for Icky at pick four. And that, you know, prop kind of makes sense to me. But at Barstool, plus 800 for Icky at pick four. I think that is crazy. And you need to be betting on this. Like I said, I wouldn't recommend bets on the, on, at, the, at the front of the show. I'm just giving you my bets. So I'll rephrase, I guess. Actually, I'll just go ahead. And th- this will be the bet that I recommend. We all need to be betting on this. It is a long shot. You have to understand that. It is a long shot, but you can put, you know, 20 bucks on this and it's plus on 800. So you can make some, uh, you know, can make a sizable little chunk of change on this by not betting that much because it's plus 800. You have to understand it's a long shot, but I think that the prop should be way closer to like plus 400. On DraftKings, it's plus 450, but on Barstool, you have to go get it. It's at plus 800 at the time of this recording. So I would, this is a time sensitive bet before they change it. So yeah, definitely. Uh, one of my favorite top 10 picks, uh, bets, plus 800 for Iki Aquanwu at Barstool uh, for pick four to the Jets. Well, I just say pick four. You technically never know who's going to have it. Uh, another one that I love, uh, two others that I love here are Kayvon Thibodeau at picks nine and 10. Right now, these are also time-sensitive bets because I think they're gonna, the market's going to change drastically by the time that this uh, podcast is maybe even published. So Kayvon Thibodeau to pick number nine. I actually don't, I think Seattle, at pick nine is, is Thibodeau's floor. If if Thibodeau, you're betting on Thibodeau to slide, which the betting market obviously doesn't agree. His prop is at 4.5, but I don't think the Lions are going to take him anymore at two. And the Jets reportedly are choosing but maybe between Jermaine Johnson or Thibodeau at four. And that's if they go pass rusher. Again, they might take Icky. So I think there's like a 33% chance that uh, Thibodeau at best goes to the Jets. So if he gets past the Jets, then you're at the Giants at five or seven. They're going to go O-line with one of those picks. So five or seven the Panthers aren't going to take him at six. The Giants at five or seven, O-line with one pick, probably a corner with the other pick, maybe Thibodeau, maybe Thibodeau, the Giants at seven, but maybe Stingley. If Sauce is there, it's going to be Sauce over Thibodeau. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. So then you get to pick um, eight there with the Falcons. Now that's an option. Now don't get me wrong, that's an option, but they could go receiver, as I mentioned. So I don't know if they're going to be comfortable with Thibodeau's personality in the building because they're a rebuilding franchise. So they're going to want a cornerstone. So there are arguments for Thibodeau to Atlanta, I, yeah, easily. I could easily see him going there. And if if we're in the draft and Thibodeau's on the clock at pick eight, I probably will think he's the pick. However, the odds of him going pick nine are so worth betting on because on DraftKings plus 2,000 to go to pick nine, that is $10, which is what I did last night, $10 to win $200. $10. He, I think, I think his floor is probably Seattle at nine unless they trade out of it. If they trade out of pick nine, like someone blows him away to, you know, maybe the Steelers trying to come up from Malik Willis, then he'll probably fall past pick nine. But I don't, if, if Thibodeau is on the board for Seattle and they make the pick and Stingley's not on the board, I'm assuming, I, I think it would, they love Stingley and Thibodeau. And I think Thibodeau would be uh, the pick as long as Stingley's not on the board. And I don't expect him to be on the board to pick nine. So if the draft goes like I think it's going to go, Thibodeau may fall to pick eight or maybe fall to pick seven where you have a chance of the Giants getting may fall to pick eight for the Falcons. You have a chance there, but I don't think he's getting past, um, he's probably not getting past Seattle at nine. So yeah, I, I love this bet. Ten, I bet $10 to win 200 last night. And this morning it was still there at plus 2000. Hopefully it's still there by the end of this recording. And, and staying on the Thibodeau lines, number uh, pick 10, that is plus 
5000 on DraftKings to draft Kayvon Thibodeau. You can, I bet $20 last night to win $1,020. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, it's a long shot. I just laid out an argument of why Thibodeau's a, a, a long shot to get to pick nine. It's one worth betting on for pick nine, but it's still a long shot. So how can I make this bet for pick 10 and then put more money on it? Well, here's the thing. If the Jets take Icky at pick four, they will very, very likely be in the pass rusher market at pick 10, okay? So, and and to me, this comes down to Thibodeau, if he slides, kind of going in this range. Like maybe a team could trade up for him. Like going in that eight to 10 range, I think a team would move up for him at that point. And these are all teams that have shown willingness to trade back. The Falcons, the Jets, and the Seahawks at 8 and uh, 9 10. So, but if the Jets, you know, it, Thibodeau is the favorite right now to go to the Jets at 4. So if he's available at pick 10 and they haven't taken a pass rusher like Jermaine Johnson at 4, then yes, the Jets will most likely take him at 10. So to me, this is the bet that you, all you're betting, all you need to happen. And, and don't get me wrong, it's still a long shot. I'm not trying to say, oh yeah, it'll definitely happen. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for plus 5,000, all you need to happen is the Texans take a defensive back over Icky or Evan Neal over Icky. Yep, could see that happening. Um, the, the Jets to take Icky if available. They can't take Jermaine Johnson because then they'll, they're will they not going to take another pass rusher at 10. So the Jets to take Icky. So I would think that's like a almost a 50-50 proposition between Icky and one of those pass rushers, like I said. So then you're looking at a situation where he's going to get to like the 7, 8, 9, 10 range. We probably need Seattle to trade out of pick 9, but you never know what Seattle's going to do. So, I mean, they're crazy. So I think that pick 10, you know, probably more likely pick 9 and maybe even pick 8. But this range, like 8 to 10, if Thibodeau slides this is kind of where i expect him to go so i think it's worth it laying some just a few dollars for long shot odds there again i bet like 10 or 20 dollars to win like 100 so um all right so let's move on to those are my favorite oh no i got one more i like the kyle hamilton bet at pick eight to the falcons the falcons have shown the the reasons why i've laid out in my mock it is a long shot it's plus 1500 but the Falcons could surprise and beat riders seem to be in the NFL nation mock they did mock Hamilton to Atlanta at pick eight so yeah this is one that I could definitely foresee like not foresee I'm not going to predict it but it's one that like I definitely wouldn't be surprised by so 1500 I put ten dollars on that yesterday um and pick six is the last one Malik Willis plus 800 look I get it. I don't think the Panthers are going to go. I think the Panthers are going to go tackle too. I don't think they're going to go quarterback. But if they go quarterback, I don't think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. So you have an aggressive owner who's tried to get Matt Stafford. He tried to get Kirk Cousins. He tried to get Deshaun Watson. He wants a star at the position. You have Ben McAdoo who said that, you know, he likes to swing for the fences. You have a situation where I don't think they'll want Pickett just because even though they have connections to Pickett in the building, like Matt Rule recruited him and stuff like that. Matt Rule is a, a arguably a lame duck coach. He's probably on a, he's on the hot seat for sure. They're going to really, I mean, he he may have final safe suspicion. I think he's going to get pushed in the building and by the owner to take Willis if he goes quarterback, because I think they're going to want more upside at the position. But, you know, like obviously a tackle, they're all the favorite. But, you know, it's plus 350 for Icky, plus 500 for Neal, plus 400 for Cross. All that really has to happen here is the Panthers just need to take a quarterback and they have a desperate need of quarterback. So, yeah, I like the Malik Willis plus 800 bet there. I, I think I put like 15 bucks on that. All right, now let's move to how many players in each position are going to be drafted in round one. 
I'm not touching the quarterback over unders of 2.5 quarterbacks taken around one or 3.5. I just don't like it. The running backs I am messing with uh, because I think that Brees Hall has a decent shot of going to the Bills at pick 25. And I laid out the argument. You might be rolling your eyes right now. They're not going to take a running back. A lot of Bills fans are saying that. However, I laid out a very strong argument, in my opinion, in my mock draft. If you want to see the reasons why in full, go read my mock at fantasylawguy.com where I spelled out all the reasons for the Bills pick. Um, And I think that Brees Hall is going to be one of the favorites for this pick. Now, they definitely could take a safety like Lewis Seen or Daxon Hill. But I think it really comes down to probably defensive back or running back for the Buffalo Bills. And if they feel that they can get uh, improve their defensive backs in the later rounds, they might take a running back there for the reasons I outlined in my mock. Is it less than 50% chance? Yes. But here you're seeing the heavy juice on the over 0.5 running backs taken around one. And at DraftKings, it's plus 150. Probably wouldn't touch that. Bet MGM plus 160. Probably wouldn't really mess with that either. But Barstool plus 190. So you get another bet that you should go make on Barstool plus 190 for Brees Hall to be drafted in round one. Well, actually, I shouldn't say it like that because there are Brees Hall specific bets, but it's plus 194 a running back, one running back, over 0.5 running backs to go in round one. Uh, at receiver, the line is 6.5. Uh, you're looking at the top four, which are Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Chris Alave, and Drake London. Teams will have different order of them, but they're all probably going to go in the top, I want to say top 15. I'll say top 17 picks for sure. So you have, 17, you have four in the top 17 for sure. The line is 6.5 everywhere. Um, let's see. That means you're going to need to get... George Pickens may be in there. I talked about him to, he's a fit for Green Bay to Kansas City, that 28 to 30 range. Maybe Christian Watson, kind of the same ordeal there. I think both of them are probably going to fall around two though. Sky Moore is another fringe player, but then you get Jahan Dotson. He's probably going to go in round one. Although his prop is 30.5 still. So like, I think he's going in round one. And I mentioned on his player prop that I'd probably bet the under on 30.5, but the betting market seems to believe that he's not a guarantee for round one. So if I had to say for this bet, I I know receivers are getting a ton of buzz, but I would actually say the under 6.5 if I had to bet this, but I probably will not unless some odds change. Um, let's go to OL, offensive line, the number 7.5 at every place that I've seen. Uh, you're looking at Icky, Neal, and Cross as all of top 10 picks. Um, you're looking at Trevor Penning probably being taken in the teens. So that's four before pick 20. I think I mentioned the guard. I'm high on the guards, and I'm not high on them personally. I've, I've never seen them play. But I, all I do is just mock, try to predict what's going to happen around one. And I think I'm high on the guards because I think the teams are going to be high on the guards. And that is Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson. I think both are going to go in round one. I mentioned that both are going to go under pick 27. So I think both are going to go, I think the range for Zion opens at pick 17, which is the Chargers. And it probably, I'll say that's probably the range for Kenyon Green too. It probably shuts at, see, yeah, Kansas City's not going to take a guard. Green Bay's that probably not going to take it. Probably shuts at 27. So if you don't see Zion Green and Kenyon Green go 20, uh, 17 through 27, you're probably not going to see them in the first round. But I like the chances of both of them going 27 to, uh, uh, 17 to 27, as I mentioned before. So I think we're at six right now. So it really comes down to getting to seven comes down to Linderbaum, who I mentioned is, I don't know, he's right on the, I could see the Bengals taking him at 31 and being a pick there, even more so than Dallas at 24. But those are kind of the fits for Linderbaum, in my opinion. Um 
There's a little buzz with Bernard Raymond going to the maybe the Patriots at 21 or the Packers at 28. Uh, I don't know. He's a toolsy prospect. Teams are going to either love him or hate him. I don't know. I could see it. I think it's more of a long shot. Tyler Smith's probably a better bet to go around one. Yeah, I just, you know, I was going to take a side here because the over is is plus 190 on DraftKings, but I'm just not going to take a side. I'm not comfortable with it. Let's go to let's go to the tight ends. I'm not really betting that. Trey McBride, probably not going to go in round one, but you got to go minus 700 to go under 0.5 tight ends. So I'm not really touching that. Safeties, I am. I have bet this. I bet this two days ago. I'm big on the safeties as well. I think I think Kyle Hamilton, even though he might slide, Lewis Seen and, and Daxon Hill are going to be drafted higher than people think. I think both are going to be round one picks and both are going to be drafted in that like that 21, maybe that 20 to 32 range. So the over 1.5 safeties, I think three safeties are going to go in this in this draft. So the over 1.5 safeties, even though it's minus 285, I wouldn't lay a lot of money on this, but I do. I did lay some money on it myself uh, because I do think three safeties are going to get taken in round one. Let's see. Cornerbacks is the last one. The line is at 4.5 and with juice on the under. Uh, you have Sauce Stingley, as I mentioned, uh, in the top 10. And you have a drop-off to McDuffie. He's probably going to be picked in the teens to early 20s. Then you have a drop-off after him. And then you have three kind of fringe round one players at um, Kyer Elam, who could go to like the Patriots at 21 or the Bengals at 31. Kyler Gordon could go to like the Chiefs at 29, 30. Could go to the Bengals at 31. Uh, maybe the Bills at 25. Any of these guys go to the Bills. Andrew Booth could go to the Bills at 25. But again, there's medical issues on him. So I think very few teams will be interested in round one. But one of these teams may be interested and that's all it really takes. Um, I would lean towards the under as well and the juice is there on the under. I would lean towards four corners being taken. But again, that's where the juice is. So I'm avoiding this. Moving on to the first player drafted at each position, we have quarterbacks. We have, I, I like the bet MGM number for Malik Willis being the first quarterback drafted at minus 155. Now you have to line shop for this because, or I did it for you, but if you want to bet this, I would say uh, DraftKings avoid it because minus 190 Willis is first quarterback. Barstool minus 182, that's a weird number. Uh, first Malik Willis, first quarterback. For me, uh, I do believe, I bet this because I do believe Malik Willis is the first quarterback taken, obviously, or I wouldn't bet it, but I think that the Carolina Panthers are kind of a dark horse, especially if they trade back, they're more likely. But the Steelers, this is really about the Steelers. I think they're going to have to move up to do it. And even if they don't, I think some other team probably will move up ahead of the Steelers because they know that they are interested in Willis. So I think that Willis first quarterback drafted ahead of Pickett, who I see Pickett's floor is like 19 to the Saints. And that, I saw his ceiling. That's like his absolute ceiling. So yeah, this is one that I would make at minus 155, which is the best uh, odds you can get. And that is on bet MGM. So I made that last bet. I think I like put like $100 on that actually last night. So uh, first running back take. I'm not really into this one. I think it's going to be Brees Hall, but so does the market. Let's see, first wide receiver taken. I think, gosh, the wide receivers are very, very tough because as I mentioned, you have the Falcons at eight, which is probably going to open the door for the first wide receiver taken. And they're reportedly choosing between Garrett Wilson and Drake London from what I understand. So I have them going London there now. So maybe that's a good bet at plus 250 on bet MGM. But... 
And if the Falcons don't take London, I don't know. I kind of think that the Jets prefer Wilson. And actually, no, I think that the Jets prefer Jameson Williams. So then you might make the argument, oh, well, Jameson Williams is plus 175. So the Falcons don't take a receiver. Well, first of all, if they do, they might take Williams. But if they don't, then maybe the Jets will take Jameson Williams at 10. But the Jets might not take a receiver at 10 anyway. I don't know. This is tough to bet. If I had to bet one, you'll notice that like the odds crazy have a crazy increase from Wilson is minus 175 on BetMGM. London is plus 250. Williams is plus 175. Well, Chris Alave who's seen as like the fourth of the big four, but Chris Alave is plus 2,000. So yeah, I like that. Like, I don't think Chris Alave is going to be the first receiver taken, but at plus 2,000, yeah, throw a $10 bill on that and just see what happens because those uh, that is way too far of a discrepancy between like all of those guys than Alave. I think there are certain teams that have Alave ranked ahead of Wilson on their board, including the, the Washington football team, arguably, or excuse me, the Washington commanders, I should say, at 11. So if you don't see the the Falcons or the Jets take a receiver at 8 and 10, that's kind of what you're betting on here. And then the then then it's up to the Commanders to take a receiver. They love Alave. So that's kind of what you're hoping for at that point. Um is it likely? No, it is not. And a trade up could ruin all that. A trade up could ruin any of these. That's why it's really tough to bet. So I'm just going to say, okay, maybe the Falcons go like Kayvon Thibodeau. Maybe the Falcons get like Evan Neal and offensive line men like falls to them because of medical concerns. Maybe the Falcons draft safety Kyle Hamilton. So now you don't have the Falcons taking a receiver and then you have the Jets at 10. Well, if they go icky, which we all want them to do, and so many bets rely on apparently, I'm realizing so many bets. A lot of my money is tied to icky going four. I really hope that happens, but, and my mock. Um, so, but let's say icky does go four and people cheer, uh, including me. But then you have a situation where the Jets might take Jermaine Johnson at 10 if he's available, the pass rusher, and they don't go receiver. So now you have the Falcons and the Jets passing on receiver, and you have the Washington football team picking their choice of receiver. Maybe it's Drake London, but maybe it's Chris Olave. Plus 2,000, I'm willing to find out. So then we go into the first OL drafted. I think it's going to be a Kwanu, but minus 200 at BetGM. That's what the market thinks as well. So I'm not betting that. First CB cornerback drafted. Uh, interestingly, I would say that uh, on Barstool, it's at plus 25, plus 125 to be Stingley as the first cornerback drafted, which is kind of right in line with BetMGM and DraftKings. But on Barstool, unlike those other sites, Stingley's the favorite to be the third pick. So I thought that that was interesting. So Sauce is the favorite to be the first cornerback taken on Barstool at minus 200. And Stingley's plus 125 there. But Stingley is the favorite to be the third pick on that same sports book at plus 250 to the Texans on third pick. Uh, instead of over pl- sauce at plus 400. Now I see how mathematically it can make sense, but I, I thought that was interesting and worth noting if you wanted to make a singly bet, maybe kind of look in that direction. Um, and lastly, the linebackers, and this is definitely one you want to be hitting hard. I think that the, let's see, first linebacker drafted is what we're talking about. On right now, it's Devin Lloyd is the favorite at like minus 500 and, and or near that in most spots. Uh, on, but you want to focus on Quay Walker, who's getting a lot of buzz yesterday. Uh, uh, last night and this morning. Um, notably, most notable one I've seen is Albert Breer. He's pretty plugged in national reporter saying that it's very, very likely that Quay Walker is going to go in round one. And I buy that report because what's going to happen is the few teams that are looking at linebacker who wanted to take like Devin Lloyd. Well, now Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean both have, both of these linebackers have medical issues that teams are worried about uh, allegedly. So none of this is fact, but what we're hearing from rumors could all be a smoke screen to get Lloyd 
consider Dean to fall to them. I don't know. But what we're hearing is that is that they have medical red flags. So now that pushes Quay Walker up way up, but you're not seeing the odds reflect that. So this is another time sensitive bet. I bet it last night. I bet $50 on plus six. No, not 50. I think it was plus $20 on plus 600 at bars. Uh, I might bet this a little more, honestly. Quay Walker being the first linebacker drafted. I could see New e- in round one, I could see New England at uh, 21. I could see Dallas, who has met with them at 24, but it might even be in the second round. Um, so yeah, I like the Quay Walker first linebacker bet a lot. All right, let's get into the last segment today, which is team draft specials. And these were available on Barstool for me, but now that they're now they're only available on BetMGM and DraftKings, so I'm using their numbers. Um, for these bets, mainly bet MGM. So let's, I'm not going to go through each team. I'm just going to talk about ones that kind of stick out to me because I think the best strategy here is not, I, I think these are probably you typically bad bets prior to the draft, but during the draft, these are one of my favorite things to bet. During the draft, like they let you bet like three or four picks ahead. When I am given the variables that happen in the draft that are kind of unpredictable, I'm able to use kind of my knowledge to make more informed decisions. And you're able to use my draft guide for, I mean, sorry, my mock draft for this as well. Unlike other mock drafts that don't give you other possibilities at positions, you're able to kind of use that uh, and kind of make these live bets, if you will. I love betting team draft special during the draft. And, you know, I, I, but I've only going to bet a few before the draft and only ones that really kind of stick out to me because th- these teams can go so many different directions. They can trade out of the pick. And I think there's going to be a lot of trades. So these are kind of long shots. So let's talk about the ones that I have bet. And I just actually made these bets last night. So the lines uh, or the odds should be fresh here. Um, Carolina Panthers on DraftKings. They are plus 100 to draft offensive line. Um, wow. I mean, seriously? I think that is an amazing bet. The Panthers' first position is very likely going to be offensive line. I put $50 on this. This is this is a high probability. Like probably over 75% is likely going to happen. And DraftKings, as of last night, I didn't check it this morning, but as of last night, because I bet it, it was at 100 for this. Just an even bet on whether they were going to draft offensive line. And that's because they have other positions like quarterback being even in bet and, you know, DB, long shot, whatever. Basically, it comes down a quarterback and O-line, I think it's going to be an offensive lineman. So either Charles Cross or Evan Neal or Icky. So yeah, I I love this bet right here. And I put $50 for the Panthers on DraftKings to go um, pick an offensive lineman with their first position drafted. And it's it's plus 100. So just an even bet. Amazing. Um, for the scroll down to the Green Bay Packers on, this is also on DraftKings, uh, plus 750 to draft a defensive back. Um, I like this one in particular because I think the Packers are have kind of a sneaky need for defensive back. Um, and, and obviously the heavy favorite is wide receiver, obviously. I just don't think wide receivers might not be on the board for them. I don't know if they feel comfortable with Traylon Burks for reasons I outlined on my Twitter. And I, while I might mock them Burks, I think it's like a 50-50 proposition. But here you're getting plus 750 for defensive back, which can be corner or safety. I think it's gonna, probably going to be a safety. Lewis Seen and Daxon Hill fit what they look for in safeties to a T. And the Packers are notorious about their athletic measurements and their testing and that kind of stuff. They're very picky about their their types, if you will. I wrote all about it on my mock draft. If you want more information about this bet, go there. But I made like a $10 bet on plus 750 defensive back on draft. 
DraftKings for the Packers' first pick. Um, moving down to, this is also on DraftKings. I shouldn't have said I'm using BetMGM, but moving to Minnesota, the Vikings, they uh, wide receiver is plus 1,200 there. The Vikings have a sneaky need at wide receiver. Most people have them going DB, but I don't know. I, that, that would have to be either Trent McDuffie or Kyle Hamilton. They might consider it a little too high for those players. They might trade down, but they also might, if they want to draft in that range, they also might need to pick a receiver. Adam Thielen, he's like 32 years old. He's always hurt. And the the new coach over there come from the Rams. They're going to run a similar type of offense to the Rams. And that means a lot of 11 personnel, a lot of three receiver sets. So I could see wide receiver being a big area of need for the Vikings. And it's not just, even if it wasn't though, you have a situation where the Vikings are sitting at 12 and that range for the top four receivers in this draft, as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast episode, is from eight to 16. So the Vikings are right in the heart of that. So yes, wide receivers are great value for them. Plus 1,200, I think it's a great value for us as well. Moving on to the New York Giants. Um, New York Giants first position selected DB, defensive back, aka cornerback, plus 350 on draft, uh, sorry, on bet MGM, plus 350 on bet MGM. I bet that last night, uh, only like 10 bucks. But basically what you're trying to happen, have happen here is pretty much everyone assumes that the Giants are going offensive line with one of their picks at either five or seven. And then at the other one, they're either going to go Sauce Gardner if available, or they're going to go most likely either Derek Singler, Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm not sure which one they prefer out of those two, but I think Sauce is the number one defender on their board. So what, what you want to happen here is you know they need an offensive lineman. What you need to happen is, or what I need to happen is that they take a defensive back first with that first pick at five instead of seven. So the way that that would occur is if there are multiple offensive linemen on the board for that pick and the Giants have them view them similarly. So you have like if, if Icky is the only one taken or if Icky's not even taken at this and Evan Neal maybe the Giants have their pick of the litter out of Evan Neal Icky and Charles Cross at pick five that means the Jets went pass rusher and the Texans went corner well then you have a situation where the Giants pick at five and seven why would they risk somebody trading and they need a defensive player and an offensive lineman well you have three offensive linemen that you love and that you've scouted done all the homework on why would even though Carolina's offensive needy team at six which is sandwiched in between them why would you not draft the defender there I know conventional logic would say pick the O-lineman there because Carolina's going O-lineman, but I think the Giants have them very, very similarly related. They would have their pick between one or two of them, even if they let, even if Carolina took one at six. So I th- why would you let Carolina, who's been rumored to want to trade back, has been calling teams to trade back, why would you let Carolina trade up, I mean, trade back with a team that might be coming to take Sauce Gardner or might be coming to take Derek Singley, noting the massive drop-off after corner? So I like the chances of the Giants drafting DB at uh, pick five, which is their first pick. And I don't want to say that it's above a 50-50 chance, but I certainly think it's above a plus 350 chance, and which is why I bet it. And then the last bet of the day. I know y'all are so sad after listening to this podcast, like all, like spending your entire day doing this. But the last one of the day is the Washington Commanders. And this kind of speaks in line with some of the other bets that we made. This is a steal, I think. And it's wide receiver on Bet Gen. 
BetMGM, excuse me, BetMGM wide receiver plus 150 to be the first position drafted by the Washington football team. I really think they're going to draft a wide receiver at 11. Now, here's the risk. The risk is that, first of all, I can't even believe that DB is the first one. I mean, they must really think Washington loves Kyle Hamilton. I think they like him, but I think they would rather Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and that's probably it. I think they would rather those three players than then Kyle Hamilton, then maybe Jamison Williams. I don't know. But I think they definitely like Drake London and Chris Olave over Kyle Hamilton. I could be wrong. But I think there's a way greater than 50% chance that the Washington football team drafts a receiver if they stay at 11. The risk and where it becomes kind of sketchy is that Washington's been rumored to be one of those teams trying to trade down. And if they trade down, it's really hard to say. If they trade down, it's actually very likely that the receivers won't be on the board. And then it's really impossible to say who they're going to take. So that's the one risk is does Washington trade down? But if they stay at 11... I think it's above a 50% chance they take a wide receiver. They're right in that range of those receivers that are the top receivers in the class and the receivers that they've been linked to and they I believe they like. So I bet $50 on this yesterday at plus 150 on BetMGM. Uh, first position, wide receiver, Washington commander. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude the betting show. Y'all need to make sure to listen to Tune in to Twitter tomorrow morning when I'll do my annual draft marathon live where I will discuss a lot of these bets. I will discuss well, a lot of the picks on what I think is going to happen, go over the mock and everything, but I will discuss if my opinions on any of these bets have changed. If you need to make a hedge or if you need to bet something else, any new bets that I come with, I will bring it up on live. And you're also welcome. You also need to tune in because you're welcome to ask me any questions if you're live. So tomorrow morning, again, I haven't set a time because I have to see what's happening with, with baby Reese, but Again, tomorrow morning, probably around 9, my voice cracked there. Uh, it's been a long time talking here, but probably around like 9 a.m. Central Time, I'll get on Twitter live and we'll talk very valuable information if you're into betting the NFL draft. All right, y'all, that'll conclude today's episode. Please, please, please check out FantasyLawGuy.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, tell all your friends, hit the subscribe button, give a positive rating or review. I really would appreciate that stuff. Love hearing from y'all. Hope to hear from y'all tomorrow on the Twitter live tomorrow morning. It is draft day. See ya.